Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Naked Leadership Podcast, where no conversation is too precious to have. This week, we have a special guest for you, Eileen Tacchini. She is a fireball. She is Dan's wife and executive coach. She is the VP of coaching for Take New Ground. She has so much good stuff today. This week, we talk about overcoming obstacles and breakdowns. What a topic for right now. I can't wait for you guys to listen to this conversation. As a reminder, go to change-imperative.com and download Dan's ebook. This thing is packed full of tools for you to use, especially in this time of change where you really don't have much choice about the changes that are happening, but you do have a choice about how you show up in them. This book will help you get your mindset right, help you get your team in order, identify key players. There's so much goodness here. Change-imperative.com. Let's get into the conversation with Eileen. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to The Conversation. This is Chad. I'm here with my comrades, the usual suspects, Dan Tacchini and Adrian Kaler. How are you, gentlemen? We're hey, breathing. Great, Alive, above ground. Yes, yes. <laughs> here we are, present. Everybody's alive. Good. This Today we have a fantastic conversation ahead of us. We have Eileen Tacchini with us. Tacchini, I said that weird. Eileen Tokini. Is that how you say it? Tokini. 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 I think you and Dan say it differently, but we'll get to that. No, I'm just kidding. Okay. <laughs> We're going to really hash that out. No. Um, Eileen is, uh, have been coaching for decades uh, in the executive space. And uh, it's really, really a treat just to have her on the, on the podcast. Now, yes, they do have a, a last name in common, and uh, Eileen also happens to be Dan's wife, so we love that part of her too, but today we're going to talk about the executive coaching, we're going to talk about um, some of the powerful players that she's worked with, but most of all, I, I loved Eileen, when I asked you what you wanted to talk about, and you said overcoming obstacles or breakdowns, I loved that because for me personally, you have helped me so much overcome obstacles and break down, see possibilities where I didn't. Um, I stand as a transformed person today because of the work that I've done with you. So I get, I, I get the pleasure of saying all that first because I do the intro. So thank you, thank you, thank you. But also I know that Adrian's had a lot of experience coaching with Eileen and, uh, and you've just been doing this a long time. So you have a lot to share with us. So let's, let's dive in. Adrian, do you want to start by talking about uh, sure. your experience with Eileen? Yeah, for sure. I, I, uh, I met Eileen and Dan at, at the same time, but almost a decade ago. Um, and uh, knew they were both powerhouses, both distinct and have, have amazing skill sets. Um, and even in the coaching context, very different in their, I mean, their personalities are distinct, so it shows up uniquely. Uh, principles are all the same. And I, I hired both of them uh, when I met them to come in and, and really uh, create some work that we wanted to do in prison. They had lots of history with that. And, and Dan and Eileen 
uh, were both engaged in this foundation uh, we were starting and getting the mission clear. What they could do was really in line with the mission. So I, I hired them, um, but then I was immediately their student because they could do things in a room uh, and with individuals in the coaching space that I was just, you know, had a, um, had a glimpse of, but definitely had no idea how to do it. Um, but I wanted more of it. So Dan and Elaine both came together and did that work and led these trainings behind bars with lifers and that. So I got to see them in action. And Eileen was always very present in the room um, and, and very committed to the room. And when she spoke up, the room hushed uh, because, you know, she speaks with such grace and such power simultaneously. Um, and she was also running the show. You know, she's very organized and very clear and committed to making sure that the whole thing was orchestrated in a way that it worked for the training. So I needed her and wanted her and, and loved watching her in action as just a player on the field. And then whenever I, I was getting into the coaching work, um, I hired her to coach me. Um, so the first coach I ever had was Eileen Takini. And uh, my confession was I was scared to death. Uh, only <laughs> I live with her. I'm still that way. <laughs> <laughs> only because, I mean, one of, one of Eileen's distinctions that is always encouraging to me is that she's really listening. Um, and not just listen. I mean, for me, it was always dangerous to be in a call with her because she was listening beyond what I was saying. And I, I'm good at talking my way around things or entertaining people or, 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 you know, crafting a conversation that was safe enough for me to get out alive. And Eileen, she caught every, all the breaths that were off or the, or the tone and just how I said something. And she would always, she's kind of like the velvet sword in that way. Very sweet, very loving, but takes your head off in a moment. You don't know it. And, and she'd always ask like, oh, hold on, you said that, you said that word differently. <laughs> hey, hey, what was that breath? What was heard, that? I, what was going on there? I, I heard that breath. What? And oh, 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 no, no, nothing, nothing. <laughs> and the beauty, the beauty of being cared for and cared about in that way is that it was a, an opportunity for me to get connected to myself. And in that season of life, uh, for a handful of reasons, I wasn't that connected to myself. And so she stood for me to really know me and be okay with where I was so that I could actually move forward from an authentic position. And um, then you'll hear probably some of her language, but some of her invitations were just kind of, to, you know, to get out of automatic. She says that phrase a lot, get out of automatic. And I'd been living, I don't know, most of my life on automatic. Mm. And she can talk about what that means for her. Um, but she's a, just a strong invitation. Um, and I went through Coaches Academy uh, at, I mean, I think probably simultaneously or at that time or right after that time, because I wanted to get more of that and learn how to coach like she coached. She trained me how to coach. And so um, I've been her student, still am her student. We work together. I'm still learning a ton from her. Um, I'm just pleased that she's um, such a dear friend now and family to me. So love, love the opportunity to get to work and she gets to support me. I get to support her. So I'm really excited about this audience getting to know her because she's such a, a gem and just such a powerful force uh, in the world. So I want more people to know her. Yeah. And our VP of coaching. So every single one of our clients gets the Eileen touch, which is incredible. Yep. yep. Dan, what do you want to say about your relationship with Eileen? I have to be careful here because I, I am a biased and I could get hurt if I don't say the right things. <laughs> uh, no, I met Eileen you know, 1975, and, you know, she was really shy, and uh, 
My dad said to me then, he said, you know, be careful. The shy ones are the ones that are most dangerous. <laughs> and um, he was right. Because when she started, she listens very well. She listens a lot. And then uh, as she, as we started to get to know each other, her voice came into play and it transformed my life in numerous ways. I write about it in my books, etc. So it's really exciting for me to have Eileen uh, with us today and to be able to kind of share and just talk about her revelations and some of the things that she's up to and her interests and um, her skill set would be great to just display and just talk with people about what's possible. So yeah, uh, I, I get to benefit every day when we brainstorm. It's a lot of fun. In fact, we've been doing a lot of that lately. So it's been a lot of fun. Yeah. And can I, can I brag for one more second? I mean, whenever, as our company has scaled and gotten larger and more to manage, right, which are all good issues uh, to have good problems to have is like, Hey, we're growing too fast. Um, you know, and we were looking for someone to help develop coaches, um, manage the process and, and, and then be the quarterback essentially between us and large uh, companies with big retainers and that kind of work where we've got, you know, anywhere from, you know, six, 10, 12, uh, coaching clients inside of a, inside of a, uh, of a client. Um, no better choice in the world than Eileen Takini to be the VP of coaching and manage all that, all those conversations really because of the listening that she is and because of, you know, her capacity to break through the chaos and find out really what's there, what's working, what's not working and really her stand for people. So, um, yeah, really excited to rarely, see her flourish. Rarely do details get missed and, and, um, you know, she's, it's a lot of fun. So how you doing over there, honey? I'm good. Hey, thanks for the intro, guys. Yeah. I'm honored to be here with the guys. I feel like I'm in the men's club, yeah. so I'm breaking it up. Um, what was it like? What was it like hearing us talking about you as if you're not here? That's what yeah, I was going to ask. I, that was really, I, I was noticing, going, what am I making up about this right now? Okay, here I am hearing this. And first of all, hearing um, all the words of... Um, encouragement and all this positive um, information that's being said about me it felt like okay I get to accept this and just be with it and um, it, it felt good so thank you so I what did it feel it felt uh, empowering and um, I wanted to just like okay when do I get to jump in when do I get to jump in so I got excited to be here with you guys and honored that I had an opportunity to stand with you, Adrian, and um, be part of the company with uh, Take New Ground as the VP of the coaching department. I'm honored to do that. Um, I, I just think about when I first met you, Adrian, and how um, you were just this charismatic, and you still are, man, that, um, can navigate in different space and make a difference with how you ask questions and how you listen as well. Mm -hmm. And Chad, I want to say for you, I'm, I've been honored to stand by your side um, as your coach. So um, coaching, you think about, and honey, of course, thank you. It's been, um, yeah. <laughs> listen, you can say what you really think, honey. It's Let okay. Let me really tell you. Um, <laughs> tell him what you really think okay well he can be a bit of you know uh we won't go there but <laughs> i really <laughs> um 
it's been 45 years. Dan and I've been married 45 years. So we do have a history and we work together. We've been working together. Geez, most of 45 uh, years. We have. Yeah. And when I think about it and, um, so I've had an, um, an amazing experience working with Dan, um, really most of my life, all my life since I've been an adult. So it's been very powerful when I think about the work, the work and the work of what it is to coach and what it is to stand with individuals. And I've had an opportunity. I started really coaching. I didn't really have a name for it, but probably when I was in my twenties and just working with people with, we had movie theaters and I was running a restaurant and then I had a baby and I, I just learned to navigate in a lot of spaces in life and uh, be this young woman that was okay, having conversations with individuals about what results needed to have, what was, what the results needed to be done at a certain time and by when and I didn't know it was coaching back then it was more just about having a conversation and be willing to enter in into conflicting situation and sometimes very complex and um, so I think Dan you started a coaching uh, uh, I think it was coaching back in the late 19 uh, I want to say gosh it was the early 80s, mid-80s. I was going to say the 80s. God, we are old. No, we're not. Oh. Beautifully. <laughs> but, <I'm sure. laughs> Billy Joel was on the radio. Yeah, Billy Joel was very popular then. Yeah. Dan's hair was flying in the wind. And I had, I had hair. I actually had it. <laughs> yeah, Dan had this curly hair. Um, when I first met him, anyways, long curly hair. But anyways, um, so I think about coaching and where it's at now and how many people say that they're a coach. And the reality is um, a lot of people talk about what it is to be a coach. And I'm not saying people aren't, but really there's a way to navigate in that space coming alongside people. And uh, I think, go ahead. No, yeah, I get that. Uh, just you hit, hit it for me. Yeah, because coming alongside, uh, whether I've been on a lot of executive teams, coaching executive teams, I've been with individuals, gosh, for the last really 30 years. Um, and I've had an opportunity to work really globally. Uh, I've done a lot of work in Holland and Italy. Um, geez, God, all over when I think about it. And um, Africa. And what I do know in every culture that no matter what country you're in, you've got these ways of thinking as a human being. So I may not understand when I worked with interstate batteries, I didn't know anything about batteries. And I thought, oh my gosh, I'm gonna be coaching. Carlos Sepulveda was the CEO at the time. And um, I remember going, okay, I don't know about batteries, but when I am committed because I do know about human beings and I am willing to have a conversation about what people are making up because we are designed, I would say we're makeup machines. We're always making up stuff. And to find out if that is what I'm making up, if it's true, to give myself a moment to stop. And so what I, when, I, when I come along individuals, I come along and notice, I want to notice what is occurring in their life right now. What are they making up about 
the situation, about their work, about their life, about their marriage, about their kids, and really diving into what, what else is there? Is that true for them? Because, you know, you start making up things, and the thing about it, your mind can't tell the difference between a real and imaginary experience. So you start believing and acting as if it's so. So the more that I make up, the more that I start believing that that's the way life is, and then I'm constrained by these beliefs that I've just made up. But the powerful thing is that there's a whole nother possibility of noticing what I'm making up and putting that aside and go, okay, wait a minute. Because human beings, we are designed not to hear it all and not to see it all. So that is, we already have, um, what would you want to call it? A default in us. That's bias. Yep. A bias that I know that I can't hear everything that's being said, and I know I can't see everything. So I know that I'm missing a lot in a conversation. So slowing it down, asking, what do you mean by that? Tell me, what does that mean for you? Because what I think what clarity means for me and what it means for somebody else is completely different. Or what a promise means for someone, what it is to keep a promise. And so we, I get to this, these privileges to dive in a conversation and being willing, because it's not about being liked or them approving me. It's me. It's being about what is occurring in the moment in time. Because in the moment in time, you can change time. You can have that future that you say matters to you. But you got to be willing to say, hey, wait, wait, wait. Stop for a minute. Hold on. Just notice what you're making up here. And, and um, well, I'm going to go a little deeper. Like, like, yeah. um, so, in other words, what I'm making up in relationship to what's there and what's possible. Yes. That's what I hear you saying, yeah, and so that. Tell me that I, in relationship. When you're saying, are you specifically thinking of? Say, I want to know. When you're making about relationship, are you a, a relationship, um, a friendship, or a relationship with colleagues? Tell me more. See, that's what I want. Tell me more, so I understand where they're coming from. What are you thinking, Dan? Oh no, that's just wanted. To, I get what you're saying. I just wanted to get it even more distinct because it makes a difference. Like the ability to connect with somebody where they're at and, and then it's easier it, it's like opens up a possibility for where they want to go but they, yes but i noticed when i listen to you work and i listen to you a lot because you're in the other room and i notice you're really diligent at getting them locating where they are so that when they start to talk about where they want to go or there they can plainly see like the path opens up or at least starts to reveal itself and then that opens the conversation goes deeper right Yes. Well, I think a lot of things that people think about the way they see the world is the way other people see the world. And that's a big, that's, that's a problem because the way you see it is that doesn't mean anybody else sees it that way. So just to know. <laughs> We're married. I know that. And that doesn't change, does it? No. I mean, but, but it's so easy to get caught up in because it's moment, moment, moment. Oh, I think you think this now. But the other thing is I think you should know what I'm thinking especially in a relationship, in a marriage or a relationship with even colleagues that, hey, don't you know that this is what, if I don't say it, then it's up to me. So I, I mean, it brings it back to me to how powerful you were in our, early in our relationship. We were 
uh, you know, I tell this story all the time about how we're on the verge of divorce because we were going through times of difficult times and, you know, really legitimately you were thinking about leaving and, and uh, we decided to stay together because we had Danny who's only a year old and yeah. we were going to talk it out and we started talking it out and you, I wasn't listening to you at all. I was sure I was. And your, your creativity to bring along a tape recorder just so that we could both hear our listening was transformative because I could, I really, it was in that interaction that I got how little, how little of you I really knew and how, how much I was suspecting who I thought you were and, and then how much I learned about your good faith and what you were really up to and that a lot of what I wasn't seeing was a result of my prejudice, not your actions, which was, that was profound for me. And I thought it was really creative. You've always been so creative about, like you didn't give up on the conversation when you could have. I, I mean, I remember we blew up about two or three times and, and you didn't, you didn't leave the relationship. You kept coming after it. And, uh, and then I was staggered when I, that tape recorder was, you know, they don't have an opinion. They just show you what's there. So it was really, there's no arguing with a tape recorder. And then and, and, and took the conversation in a purposeful way to a, a new level, which is what you're talking about. Yeah, well, I know that it takes a lot of courage, whether, I mean, this was way back in probably 1984. Um, was, was 83. Yeah. I was going out to coach people while I was, being, you know, completely blocked. Yeah. And so, I, and, and, you know, sometimes it's like, okay, what's going to, what's possible here? The other thing is really stepping outside the box of the way. Well, I mean, you're, I, I want to just say you're tenacious. You don't give up. <laughs> it isn't like just stepping outside. You talk like, oh, it's just stepping outside the box, but hell man, you, you stepped outside the box, but you had every, you could have just blown out, right? You, you stepped outside of the box. You, you were willing to bang up against the, a cardboard a few times to get outside the box and that's that was remarkable in fact I think that demonstrated love to me more than anything you said or we discovered was just your tenacity for the relationship for the commitment that the relationship could be you didn't give up on it and you kept calling me up to it because I noticed my cynicism was a lot of my own lack of belief that we could make it mm. And I, I was at fault in the situation. I mean, I was asking you to forgive me and you, you tenaciously stayed in the relationship. So well, I think I, that's a big deal. I think that's a big deal in finding, I think a lot of times people want to go through the motions of coaching, but there's an, there's an intangible aspect of coaching called tenacity. And if you don't, and, and humility, right? Because you could have been offended. Some of the things I said to you were, uncalled for there were lies but they in my view they were true but yeah. you the way you caught them and were willing to challenge them i could engage and that opened up a whole new horizon for me in our relationship and it really literally caused me to think about how much of you i had missed at that point right? yeah well then no that's powerful because i think about in any conversation whether you're with another client or you're having a conversation with anybody you know, at work, at home, and someone says something to you and it doesn't sit right with you. And so if I take it personally, then I'm taking myself out because I think they ought to talk to me a certain way. 
who and then so the same thing with that conversation if i would have take things if i was to just okay sometimes i have to imagine oh i don't have to but what i do imagine in my head i got this plexiglass out okay so what's being said right now i don't agree with it so i'm just putting my little plexiglass so it doesn't land over here so i so i can hear what's being said but not defend it and so then I'm coming in in a place where I'm in a neutral place rather than a defense to defend what's going on here. So I'm going to say that's a reactive mode rather than a proactive or response to consider what's being said. And in that situation, it was very complex because there was a lot of things in the situation with you and I, and especially you know, being, yeah, we were young, we were married, what? um a few years at that time and so it's there's every relationship there's so much complexity to it so but if i think about in the relationship with individuals in life when you're up against it when you're up against the oh what i want to have this conversation but if i have this conversation um i'm already in the fear factor the fear of they might or he or she might reject it. They, I, they might not like it. Um, I'm already in a place of defense because I feel like I don't really have a place at the table or whatever I'm making up about it, I'm, it can take me out before I get in. Mm. And yeah. so in that, you can really overcome, you can overcome the thinking behind it rather than, okay, well, I'm making up all this stuff that if this happens, then then I'm going to do this. I'm already on the defense rather than, okay, what else is possible? What if I was to come in here and believe that everything's going to be okay? Even if it's not what I want to hear, but I get to learn from this moment in time. And, and that to me is gold because in many times in life you get these opportunities, but if you find yourself already in it before you enter in, then you've already got a narrative going on. So how do you create a new narrative? And that's really slowing down, being mindful, but all this is happening in seconds because I want to, I want to look good, feel good, be in control and be right. Or I want people to accept me. I got this machinery going on. It's automatic. And to get a hold of oneself is to know that, this machinery may always be with me. Maybe I'm never going to get it, what but I so do. Talk about the machinery. What's the that? machinery? I'm going to call it. It's um, when someone uh, you get triggered by something. There's a belief that's happening. So the way you're talking to me, or the way you're looking at me, or the way that you didn't respond the way I think you should. When there is a should then there's probably something there that I'm already in, I'm gonna call it, in this place of survival, it's automatic. I'm already in a narrative that things don't look the way I think they ought to look. I wanna be in control. It's like a, it's like a self-driving car. I think of like a self-driving car. Yeah. Once you put in that destination, there is only one option for that car. And there's nothing else possible. We go into those same modes. We put it on auto autopilot. Yes. And, 
and to we get start off shooting on ourselves and then it gets all stinky and messy. yeah that's gross <laughs> yeah so really the opportunity is so powerful when um rather than making off this i can go okay i have this going on and i get to choose to every moment in time to have what i want to have happen and get off of myself and i gotta tell you probably the biggest thing is significance when I'm thinking about me in it, when I'm thinking about what people think of me, do they like me? Are they gonna like what I have to say? Then I'm already out because I'm thinking my mind is on me, not on the person, not on the situation. So I am um, consumed with significance. Significance breeds resistance, I think because then I'm making myself th the attentions here rather than I can't be over there asking and getting curious about the other person or what's occurring for them because I'm consumed with me. The minute I can get off of me and go, okay, you're going to be okay. It's okay. And really coaching people through this machinery is powerful because it's happening in seconds every moment every conversation is leading somewhere is that what you're committed to is that the future you're standing for and so many times people say oh it's just conversation no it's not just conversation that conversation's leading to another conversation yeah and it's attached there's a future that's being birthed or that's being destroyed in that okay. moment in time I want, I'd love to hear more of your thoughts. You said a phrase um, earlier in the conversation that I think is interesting. Um, a mo in a moment in time, you can change time. And I'm, I'm curious about what you mean by that. I, I was thinking this morning, you know, I think about a lot about expectations and people now are like poo-pooing expectations all the time. Like, you know, don't have any expectations. And I don't think that's possible. Um, at least, you know, the, the brain is naturally predicting something that's wired into it, right? So yeah, the minute you, your, your expectation become expecting not to have any expectations. That's right. All of a sudden having expectations becomes a problem. And I, and, and I was thinking about this this morning and I forget, I just dropped my girl off at school, but anyway, but it came, it came to me, if I'm going to have expectations, I might as well, uh, expect that I'm going to, that expect the unexpectable. Mm -hmm. and I, I was thinking about in relationships about like, if I've got, if I've got an expectation about how somebody is, uh, then I, that's what happened in this conversation. I were talking about how we have this preset notion about who that person is, what's happening, what should be happening, all these types of things. And I'm listening through that very, very uh, distinct lens and I can only catch certain things instead of, and I, I bring this up with you, Eileen, because I think you do this extremely well at like just being open that, and I, and deciding you don't know where someone else is. I think about a lot of the pain I, I hear in our in my clients and most of their complaints around the team the senior team they're working with is you know that's that uh, you know uh, Susie isn't that way she would never do it that or I can't believe they would do this or I can't believe my team is which is just code for I'm having an expectation about how they should be and I'm frustrated about them not being the way I want them to be so I'm actually never in a real relationship with them yeah you do this really well of inquiring, getting connected to the person that's there first before you go where you want to go. Cause you're a very ambitious, headstrong, gonna go, you're on your, on your way to your day, gonna get these things done. You seem to have 
a willingness to slow down and make sure people are actually, that you're connected to them with you in the process. Okay, so um, I'm going to go back to that question you said, um, to be able to, in yeah. a moment in time, to change time. Yeah, what do you mean by that? Okay, good. Because then I want to dive in what you're saying as well as with expectations. So um, when you think about in time, because what we have is this moment. As soon as you think about the moment, you talk about it, that moment is past. So in moment, in time, I have a choice how I choose in this moment to be with you now. Mm -hmm. And even just interrupting you, wait a minute, I want to go back to that question about what you were asking. So for me, I'm looking at this time, I have a choice with what the time will be in how I choose to be in it in this moment in time. So what the purpose of it is or how I'm going to, like what I'm going to get done here? Yeah, it's bigger. It's, it's not just for what I'm going to get done. It's a way of being in it. Because if I can get a hold of knowing that this machinery is happening, this automatic stuff is always happening, I can get a hold of it and be in, in the conversation in this moment in time. And that, to me, not only... Because sometimes time, do you notice it that you, you just, you're with someone or you're in a meeting and just time just seems to stop? Or you're in this flow, uh, what do you call it, that flow movement where time, so much time just seems to be lost. And it, 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 it was a short amount of time, but how you were in or in the time, you were really, you were with the person or with the group in such a way that opened up possibility that time um, in how you showed up, you were so transparent, everybody being at the table, being transparent, being willing to be authentic with what is opened up time in a new way, rather than it. I, does that make sense what I'm saying? Well, I, I think about, I'm flashing back to a dinner we all had, uh, I don't know, two months ago now. And, you know, we're at this kind of formalish dinner, right? There's like 12 people there. And all of a sudden, you had invited, I think, the whole table to have a real conversation. And I noticed my shrieking, my, oh, shit. You know, this is what we're doing now. I was here just to have dinner. You know, and I was. <laughs> and and, 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 I, and I, I, the, the thought maybe to play on words. The I, didn't, of, I didn't want to be with you guys. I just you know, wanted to eat near you. I'm here. I'm here for the steak. I'm yeah, I remember the conversation. I remember the dinner. Yes. The dinner? Yeah, yeah we're at the hotel the first yep. week in the MCA. Craig and Jeanette and, and Mark. Powerful people, meaningful people, a lot of rich conversations around. And, you know, there's a lot of tears at this dinner. And, and I'm thinking about. I noticed then the vulnerability that you had chosen, right? As you started out in the conversation and talking about something that's really meaningful for you. And I thought, oh, wow, this is what's happening now. And I noticed my internally shrinking back thinking, oh, wow, okay. Now I'm going to be up at some point because we're kind of going around the table and sharing. That's why it. I went last. <laughs> right? And, and I, I'm just thinking about this whole time and presence, right? Because I think that's the the distinction we're talking about that all time isn't equal right and mm -hmm. and to, maybe to play on words i'm thinking about in that moment i was like um i was serving time like i felt like uh even like we work with prisoners a lot so i'm like serving or even in a moment people that you know we're in a meeting and i'm just there for 45 minutes until this guy lets me go and so we're like serving time like i'm a prisoner of the moment 
And, mm. and instead of, it sounds like what you're inviting people to consider is how time serves you, how a moment serves you and serves who you are and serves the vision for what's, what's possible between the players that are at the table instead of us serving time, just waiting to get this thing over with to get on to the next thing. What's that, John? Yeah. Life happens as we're waiting for the next thing or whatever. You yeah. know, like people, I do a lot. I'm just, I'm here doing this in order to get to that instead of what you're really powerful at and your presence is so strong. Uh, I'm like you, you t using, deciding to utilize a moment for the sake of the relationship, utilize a moment for the sake of the vision. And that's, you know, uncommon in the world today, especially the pace at which we live and all this. And it's a beautiful invitation. Yeah. And we, we talk a lot about it. There's a lot of, you know, I've talked about it, et cetera, but you're right. When we've all experienced when that occurs and Eileen, that, that really is, uh, you know, your hallmark. And when you brought that meeting up at that table, it transformed the quality yeah. of the whole evening. I mean, it was, we all walked out of there much deeper, connected in a much deeper way. I know I was like, oh, here we go. I thought we were just having dinner. We just got, you know, hot, this, you know, I thought we were going to relax. And then it turned out to be so rewarding. But okay. I, too, noticed my resistance and then my deep appreciation for the courageousness of just opening that dialogue, which yeah. brought up all kinds of people were in different places. We were able to connect over, you know, things that were going on that were troubling and could be, you know, and all of a sudden there was possibility there. Mm -hmm. uh, and we came together in it and it was really it started out that whole invitation that you made you know it's funny because that you know you summoned to the surface yeah. what was really going on in the moment in a way that it could bless us rather than be you know uh repel us or you know make us want to hide right yeah. it like pierced any shame or self-consciousness that came up yeah. It meant a lot to me. It was one of Allie's first times of really getting to know you all, right? We're like sitting there and she didn't know um, a few people at the table. And, you know, she got to really see the core. I mean, those types of conversations are revelatory, right? You get to see where somebody really is and what they really care about. Um, and I, for me, it was such a gift because I loved her and wanted her to know you guys really well and wanted you to know her. And, you know, the richness that came, the connection, to your point, Dan, that came afterwards was such a gift to me, even just because I know Allie would get to see you all in the way that I already knew you. But, you know, I've been 10 years into these relationships. She got to see, it was like a, it was like a, oh, I don't know, time warp type idea. It's like, oh, wow. Okay, they get to, you know, which is my, dis one of the distinctions about what can happen in the coaching context. You can have a conversation uh, you know, 45 minute conversations that that's worth 45 hours. Yes. Right on. I'm, that's so yeah. true. I, I think, I think it, most people can call on those moments, remember those moments, but it's the key is, you know, like what kind of presence does it take to bring that about Eileen? And that's something you, you, I've, you definitely bring to every call that I've heard you on. And it's a great grounding point. Because you could have a million things going on in life. And if you just stop in the moment you're with somebody, they don't have to have influence into that moment. Yes. Well, no, it's powerful when I think about, and I appreciate what you both have said about the vulnerability and the, um, how you relate in a moment in time. And we all have that choice to take this relationship. Do I want to be on the surface and just, well, how are you doing? Or I'm doing great. Or, hey, what else is possible in this moment in time? in 
in, especially when it comes to coaching, because one conversation could open up the doors for someone to sell a business, close a business, bankrupt a business. It's one conversation at a time. And you think about the gravity that is and how one shows up. So to be fully present in the moment is a discipline. That is a invitation that we have in any given moment. If we're willing to have the courage to ask for what, what you want to have happen. Like, Hey, I want to have, let's, let's, let's go to a new level. What if we all do this? And, um, and it's just the willingness to have the courage and uh, to be willing to ask for what you want. A lot of times people just make up stuff that people ought to know or people uh, should read my mind. Like I said in the beginning, now it's up to me. So it's taking responsibility for what uh, the future I'm committed to and coming along others gives them an opportunity to notice what they don't see, to get, to get familiar with your blind spots because every leader, every individual knows you got blind spots. And the more that you can go, okay, like I said, we don't see it all. So we're going to call those blind spots. So if you were to know those blind spots, they could be because there's things that you think maybe you're showing up and people think that you have this real generous way of being or internally you may be really holding back and just uh, inward struggling rather than being connected, I'm going to say being connected with your heart and your brain in, in a way that you can be present, connecting the heart and the brain. Because a lot of times, well, you know, you're figuring out, analyzing things, always, we're always got things going on in our head. We never can stop it, but we can actually have it work for us instead yeah. of, and instead of working against us. And that's just to know to know the difference. And usually if I'm thinking about the bad news, I'm already in survival rather than this is possible here. Looking at possibilities and people think of, well, what do you mean by possibilities? Well, there's other options here. Well, I don't know because this is the way I've been because this is the way I've been raised or this is the way my culture is. They have all these reasons and all these uh, stories about this is how life ought to be for me rather than this has the way life has been up until now and over here the possibilities of what one can um, accomplish it is a discipline I'm not I'm not saying it's just going to happen automatic no it's work it's a work it's a continuous moment to moment choosing for the future yeah. And it's a, it's, it's also a risk. I mean, this is something that you taught me that transformed the way that I work with my coaching clients is that you, you taught me very explicitly, I'm here to risk with you. And, yeah. and, and I am, and you do this, you, you risk every single moment. Like I just had an experience with a client who we had a call. He tells me the future that he's committed to. And he's got to have this, he's, he's committed to have this conversation with somebody that's blocking him from seeing the future or, or, or grabbing the future that he wants. And uh, so we make a commitment. He's going to have the conversation and he doesn't have the conversation when he says he's going to have the conversation. Now I, as a coach, am in the position of risk. I, at least it looks risky to me of, okay, how am I, how am I going to show up with this guy? 
Mm -hmm. Am I going to like put my tail between my legs and go back and do my daily thing? Or I'm going to stand for him and take a risk and say, Hey man, remember this future you talked about? This is the thing, right? This is where I stand for you. When are you going to talk to him? Set, let's set a, a date, a time right this now. This is what you hired me for. Yes. And it feels <laughs> risky. It doesn't. It, and, and so I'd love to. If well, you I mean, but think about this. If it doesn't feel risky, then the, I always ask myself, then am I doing my job? Right. Right. Because the person's looking for new possibility and new possibility lives outside of the familiar. Because if I'm familiar with it, then it's not new, right? And so then everybody gets excited about that. But, you know, I, I, I keep remembering all over and over again, just like we talked about that meeting Adrian was talking about that we had where Eileen invited us into that conversation. What that was, she just asked a question that had us look or reflect into where we were at the moment and sharing it. And at that moment, we all want new until it's time to pay, mm -hmm. right? Until it's time to invest because new equals risk. I've never been there, it's new. And I don't know the territory and I don't know, I don't have a pre, I don't have a historical idea of how you're gonna react. Mm -hmm. And I could lose approval, I could lose your affection, I could lose your, your if, you're, if you're a client, your income, right? All of that, and then, and then your respect, et cetera. So, it is, if it's not risky, then it's probably not real in the, in relationship to what we do for a living, right? If we're on it. And, and what's fun is to be able to create a tone that makes it easy to help or makes it easier for people to engage that, right? And, and I think that's, a, that's another big, that's an unspoken, along with the tenacity is the tone that communicates that, hey, you know what? There's still more here and we're not going anywhere. Let's, yeah. let's. Hey, I'm on your side. I'm not leaving. You know, I'm not, because even if you disapprove of me, I'm still standing where you hired me to stand. And I could be off, but I'm willing to be off to get there. I'm willing to be off to find where there is. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And there's, I, well, I tell you, no, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say that I've come across a misconception where people hear about coaches and, and executive coaches, and they're supposed to have it all together and know exactly what they're doing. And they have this plan and they take you through this plan and, and there's no risk in that. And that's what I learned from you. I'd love to hear you talk about this idea that you risk with your clients. Okay. Yeah. So people think whether someone's late on a call or um, what they're saying, you can hear that there's some stories behind what they're saying. Um, and so stories are, are uh, excuses or you notice there's a pattern in what's being said. There's always a pattern. There's things that are emphasizing and there's things that are being omitted. And there's the tone of a conversation, their, how they breathe and their choice of words because their words are powerful. Or, or, or they're, they're fillers when you hear people using words that just feel like um, they're on automatic. They're, they're, they're just using these words, you know, is a big one. Well, you know this, you know, you know, you know. And I'm like, okay, wait a minute. Let's just stop here for a minute. When I tell someone, wait, I'm going to stop. I'm going to interrupt you. Now, it's uncomfortable for me to tell them that too. I want to know, you know, it's just to let you know, 
to be a coach, you get to be uncomfortable with, be comfortable with the uncomfortable. That's one thing I want to say, because to be comfortable with the uncomfortable, because I'm not, it's not about me, but my willingness to engage, because they already know what they know about themselves. They know all the good news about themselves. To be comfortable with the uncomfortable is up there with the unexpected. I like it. That's right. You know, but but I'm thinking specifically, and I don't want to mention any names, but at one point we were, Eileen and I, and we had a consulting firm and we were, what Eileen's talking about is really exemplified in this. And we're, we're going to do this series. It's a, a sales negotiation workshop uh, for this organization, for this CEO who had asked us to come out and do it for them. And he, he wanted to bring together some of his network like 40 of them to come together and be exposed to the work because he, he saw the power of it in his org organization. So we set this thing up and, and it's quite a big deal. And about uh, three, four weeks before it, we get a call and, and it's him saying to Eileen, you know, really, Eileen, I can't do this. I, a rare opportunity came up that I've been working to, to get, you know, to have over the last five or six years. And now it's up. Can we renegotiate this? And I love what she did. She said, well, sure, we have our CEO coming and we're all set up. So you had told me in your last call that you were a man of your word. Well, you know, and so I'm, I'm going to count on you. If you want to redo this, then you got you to call your people and let them know and move them to this date, the date you want. And if you can move, all, move them, we're in. Now, before she did that, she had come to me and she goes, what do I do? What do I do? This is the CEO. Blah, blah, blah. I go, man, it's up to you. But, you know, I, you know, I'm coming out there too. We're all set up. So what can he do to make it, you know, like make it right? And she was like, you want me to talk to the CEO of this Fortune 500 company about that? And you're, and I said, yeah, just tell them your CEO's coming too. <laughs> and she did. I heard her on the phone and this guy did it. And he, and he not only did he get all these other um, founders or CEOs um, negotiate the, the time, he did it within an hour. And from that point on, I was coaching his executive team. <laughs> It was just, things were just, it was a shift. And I remember, up, I didn't yep. feel good having the conversation at all. I was very uncomfortable. All that inner thoughts of, oh my gosh, when I'm, this, da, 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 when I'm making up. You and should so, have seen her know. face when I asked her to get back on the phone. It just went white. But man, when I heard her on the phone, she was in that moment for that dude and for what's possible in just as, confident as she is here but moments before she was white as a ghost so i was like wow nice great good work man and yeah. it opened up it was a huge contract too well i th i think you think about it um i've had people in my co coaches academy that i've uh let go uh, out of the coaches academy and uh it was a tough conversation i remember this one um gentleman great guy uh founder ceo of a company and yeah all the people in there were connected to him in some way or another. Uh, actually, he even paid for all of them to come through. And they're all pretty high-powered guys, lawyers, and uh, just different backgrounds. And um, 
I noticed that he wasn't really present. And the Coaches Academy gives you an opportunity for sure <laughs> to because it's about really learning how you perceive life and what's occurring for you and getting a hold of all this machinery so that you can be there for other people in a way that opens up possibilities for them. But if you're all wrapped up in you and so I had a conversation with him and I, I said, look, I, I really respect you first of all, but I just want to let you know, this is not working for you to be in here. And he's like, what? <laughs> I go, yeah, I, I'm going to have to let you go from this Academy. You can't graduate. This guy paid $10,000. She's going to let him go. I'm like, you're firing the client that paid, not only paid $10,000 for him, but for like five or six of his people. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> I mean, it was, it was something that it was really uncomfortable, but I cared enough, enough. I cared for him to be willing to have the conversation, but it and was, he got it. it. Yeah, he did. And what was really powerful is I worked with his company and uh, he hired me to come in and interview people that was going to work on his executive team to be on the panel because I was the one that was willing to ask the difficult questions. Yeah. And I don't know about their business, but I do know about people. And I know that asking questions open up possibilities. So it's not about having the answer where people think I got to have the answer. No, you get off of the answer, get into what is living in them. Find out who's over there, who's sitting over there, and what are they thinking about this situation or about this deal or about this project. The more I can learn about them because this future is going to unfold. Yeah. If it's yeah. a conversation... Now, and when you talk about it so simply, but really, it is simple, but it's a, it's a discipline, and that's really... It's, to communicate that so and people who have done it start to realize it because you, you brought this up earlier and I think it's worth going into is to be a coach today. It is not difficult. You can get online and pay your 1800 or 2000 or whatever it is, 5,000 bucks, go through an online uh, course, get some good content. No doubt. There's a lot of great content out there, but that's the science part of it. The art part of it is how do you, internalize, embody this science in a way that produces the result that you're focused on getting. And you speak about it so uh, relaxed because it's so in your body. But I, I know when people, I've watched people watch, they'll sit, we have just another example. In the current academy, we have a, a great group of people and they were watching Adrian work in the room and we're doing some work with one, them outside the room and they were going to go do uh, a whole series of things with a client. And after they watched Adrian work and they realized, well, you know what, I understand what he's doing, but I am not going to be able to execute it with that kind of presence just yet. Maybe I'll ask Adrian to come stand with me and even pay him to do that. So I can keep getting the mentorship I need to presence myself in that way. And, and they've moved a long way in the, in the training and they'll probably move even further. And this next, when Adrian goes and does this engagement with them, I know it'll be beneficial for them, but that, that really is, we can simply line it out, but then, okay, how do you presence it? And that's really what the Academy's about is working with people to get in their body so they can, for, at hand, so they can presence it when it's time. My, you know, I've been thinking about this uh, as we've been talking, because one of the, these major distinctions um, of what you do really well, Eileen, and I think what people don't get about coaching, 
or why people put coaching in a specific box and because it's earned it. So, I mean, a lot of the coaching out there is about learning Mm-hmm. And no, that's great. Learning is great, but learning information fits in a preset container. Right. You know, of what I think I need, what I think I know, what works for me, what we need, all those preset conditions that I, as the person, have built the box into which I go search for information to fit in the box. Mm-hmm. So there's an inherent is like a learning environment, and that can be really great. And it's, as long as you're asking the right questions, you might get the right answers. But mm-hmm. what you do so well is create a discovery environment which is very distinct from a learning environment because you invite people to to notice what they're not noticing and that's where people can have like an epiphany about themselves and a revelation about themselves and therefore the boxes with which i'm going to go look for answers in life to make my vision work uh, all of a sudden now there's like 25 types of boxes i can have so the world's bigger i mean when you when you say about the possibility of a moment it's like oh I don't even know. I'm here to actually discover something versus just learn this thing. And that that can be, I mean, that's why you're stand for that leader. And then he invited you to do the same for his his leaders because he had a hunch that if you stood for them, like you stood for him, more immediately as possible in the company. Yes. Um, And that takes courage. And that's what, no matter, no matter what great content you absorb from any kind of coaching company, or any kind of anything, mm-hmm. um, courage is always going to be that choice to decide that I'm going to die for the sake of you. I'm yeah. going to give up a lot of me and being willing to look stupid. I'm going to be the fool, potentially be the fool, potentially break the relationship for the sake of you, for the sake of the other the other party, which is really the X factor and the ethos of what we're up to at TNG is we're willing to, to sacrifice ourselves and give up the expert mantle. Um, because we've done this a long time. We're really good at it. We're going to give that up for the sake of what's happening over there and be, being co- become the, um, the conduit with which they could discover something new about themselves. And we might need to be wrong about some things. It might need to be off. and might need to ask forgiveness. I, I know if I'm not asking forgiveness from a client on a regular basis, I'm not at stake. Yeah. And yes. you've, you know, you've presenced that so well. Yeah, that's powerful. What you're In other words, she has to ask for forgiveness a lot. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, she has to ask for it less because she's more she's more caring in the intro, I think, than I am. I'm usually like, bam. <laughs> oh. uh, and she's, you know, so committed to loving on the upfront that people want to hear the quote unquote bad news, even though it's not bad news, but it comes off like bad news. Like, you know, if I discover my inauthenticity, I think that's bad news. I mean, as a normal human being thinking in the world, but me getting like copying to owning my inauthenticity all of a sudden i'm authentic in a, in a way and my world is bigger now because oh i get how i can fool myself yes and if i get how i can fool myself i'm actually wise that's so powerful when i'm thinking about what you're saying too and adding to um what we know what people know they get stuck i think a lot of times people get stuck because they think what they know and someone else knows and you're sitting at the table with all these knowers rather than learners and possibilities everybody knows i know this i know that but okay so great what what is possible if we got that mindset from a place of okay we're going to put all that aside for a moment and we get to discover something new, but that letting go of that meaning, okay, well, what else could there be? And it's, it's, 
it opens the floodgates of possibilities, but it's the willingness to have that conversation up front, yeah. finding out who's over there. Because if you think that person who was there last week is the same person today, then you didn't do your homework because a lot could happen in a minute. A lot can happen in a week that could change a person's perspective. So it's an ongoing work, not only for you, but to find out who's over there. Yep. And to have the conversation because that is, then I assume they are there where they were last week or yesterday. And then I go in and I wonder how in the hell I got blindsided. Because hell, they just got divorced and all of a sudden they're in survival and everything else is looking kind of strange for them. And they're, they're grasping at trying to get some possibilities for their life and get settled. I didn't know that. Or a situation where someone has had a child, a baby, or someone's, there's a lot of things that happen for people that could send them in a crisis mode. And to find out who's there is a daily moment to moment practice. And that even with your spouse or people that you care about, because a lot happens for people and what they make up about it in that situation. So it's ask the questions. And if we can put our knowers aside and let's be discoverers, what else is possible in that, in a table? And I always talk about, okay, here's, we got the table. I use the table as a metaphor. And what I want to do is find out what's under the table. Cause I know we got this stuff under the table because people think, oh no, no, everything's, everything's here. Now I'm going to assert there's probably some things that we don't want to look at that's under the table. And those are usually the things that resist the most that you don't want to go to. Well, we don't want to go there because if we look at the finance, we look at that, it's going to paint a picture and we don't want to see the reality. So bringing people back to current reality. This is not what I'm making up about it. It's not what I'm assuming about it. It's what it is. It's black and white. So the facts tell the truth. People's stories got their spin around it and their filters got their spin around it. So the more that we can unplug from the filters, from the stories, and come as a, a clean slate. Nothing here. Open. I'm open. Now, well, if you know, you're bringing it up. Go ahead. You think Go ahead. about people tend, I know I do, if I don't like the source of the information, I tend to neglect it. If I have mm -hmm. a judgment about, there's a scripture, I don't know what it's called, which one it was, but in the, in the Bible, there's an old story about a jackass who comes to the prophet. I think it's the prophet. Balaam. Is it ba Balaam. Who was it? Balaam. Balaam, yeah. So Balaam's ass, right? This jackass comes and speaks to him the truth, right? And Balaam actually listens and learns from it. But it, it really hits home to me because I, so often a jackass will come to talk to me and have truth. And you know somebody I've judged is a jackass. And, and then I don't listen because I can't hear beyond my judgments. I can't, or an enemy attacks me and, you know, find the truth in, you know, it's like agree with your enemy quickly is another proverb from the old book, right? And so when an enemy or a jackass brings me the truth, I don't listen because of my, my evaluations of them instead of the quality of what they're bringing me, even in their attack, what is truthful uh, that I could use to open up new possibility in what they're saying. Mm -hmm. Now, on my best day, I can do that. On my worst day, I, I'm completely blind to it. And I don't hear what could be beneficial because, you know, any enemy uh, who's going to amount 
who's going to mount a good attack, an effective attack, is going to start with some truth and work from there. Yeah. Right? Yeah, this is the trade-off. I mean, for myself, when I'm arrogant, this is the trade-off. I actually, when I'm arrogant, I think I'm winning, I'm losing. Because my world's smaller, right? If I'm all stuck on who other people ought to see me or how right I am about something and it comes off like arrogance, all of a sudden my world is smaller. So I actually think I'm winning, but I'm actually losing. Hmm. Yeah. Well, even keeping the scorecard, um, I got to make sure you know, this is that it up. I'm checking, I'm checking off the points to make sure that, Hey, we're matching up rather than, Hey, let's throw the scorecards away and let's just be human. And Hey, if I mess up, I get to acknowledge it. I get to take responsibility, no justification, no story. It is what it is. And here I am, um, ask for forgiveness, go again. But the more that you signify that, Oh, I shouldn't have done that. That should, anytime you got that should stuff going on, you're in, going in survival and that takes you out of the moment so when you think about coaching we get to be with people in such a way that opens the possibilities in the moment that will make a difference in their time for the future and uh, that's life when you think about it every moment is a is really a gift and uh, how we choose to spend it either alone in our thoughts, isolated, this is poor pitiful me, or alone in possibilities that birth openings for life. Conversations that breeds life. Conversations that opens possibilities for people that, for the organization of they never th thought was possible before. But it, it just takes, it does. It takes a willingness, it takes courage, and uh, yeah, a lot of people call themselves coaches out there. I'm not saying that you can't be a coach when you go to one of these, um, you know, day w workshops. But what I'm saying is that you can get that information in a book, go buy a book. The difference is it's the intervener is, is the power is in the intervention in the intervener. So people can have the concepts but there's not a way of being in it. So you can know about what transformation is, but to live it, to be in it, to choose a moment to moment, a way of being is another way of being. That's what we do in our Masters Coaches Academy. We provide an opportunity for people to practice, to do it, to be it, to live in it, to coach it and discipline and it just goes around and around and around and it's a well, continuous uh we were process. we were, i know we were trained we were I, I know you and i and adrian i know you guys are with us and others but we were mentored into the work that we're doing over hundreds and hundreds if not thousands of hours of work uh, i know that you know i spent years with you know professional trainers and coaches and submitting myself into all kinds of different situations and then being coached through them and picking myself up and going again until I could begin to presence what it is I was committed to, or at least get familiar with comfortable with the uncomfortable, like familiar with the uncomfortable aspect of what it means to show up and grope around in the dark till you find the keys and not just shut yourself down and try to get yourself through it alive and survive, but 
to continue to give yourself even when you're missing drastically yeah. and keep standing that that takes a that takes special t you know it takes some character and you can develop that character but it's like you know anybody it's like i was talking to this old man uh, he, he was about 80 years old 75 years old maybe a little older and he had ridden his bike up from petaluma a good 30 mile ride and it was on a just the other day it was kind of cold out and i was in starbucks early in the morning and i go where'd you ride from he goes petaluma i go petaluma it's windy he goes yeah it's good for the character yeah. and i go what do you mean he goes if I didn't do that, I wouldn't be able to, I, you know, I feel so much better because then when I go into life, I can take more on. I can, I was like, I'm going home and getting on my bike. I'm, you know, <laughs> but it's not windy enough, damn it. <laughs> but it made so much sense, right? He's doing it because not only because it's healthy, but for him character wise, it develops that kind of character. And so much of our life uh, is centered around, at least the culture is constantly droning on about if life's difficult, something's wrong rather than life, anything worth having is going to probably be challenging and difficult and <clears throat> rejoice. Like, and what I was thinking about is what, is what you were saying, because I was thinking, this is a painful process because what you made up, the self that you made up is probably- Not big enough for what your dream is, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, when you think about it, you don't deserve a break today, okay? You get, you get to get up and when people think, okay, well, I, I'm uh, a special case here. Well, actually you're not, and you're a human being and you get to, uh, you don't have to, you get to make a difference because if that's what you say you're about, but that's the whole thing is that people think that, you know, is it going to be comfortable? Well, probably not, but you know what? That's where life is the, the character that's being developed because the self that you made up, I believe there's probably some limiting beliefs and blind spots that have protected you to what the knowing that you think you know who you are, that there's another possibility that's waiting for you to happen in the moment. And um, yeah, it's, it, it can be painful because of your ego. Your ego wants to be right. And you want ego wants to look good. Uh, you want to be in control. Hey, you can get that aside and allow yourself to be discoverers. And you have a compass, and you get to navigate through space and choose where your pit stops are in life. Um, it can be in a tremendous journey. Wow. Can we can we let the closing line from Eileen be? You don't deserve a break today. Yeah, <laughs> I love it. I felt that one. I was like, "Oh wow!" That sounds yeah. like every morning to me. That sounds like every morning to me. You don't deserve it. Get your ass up. Get up. Hey, Eileen, um, will you, without even talking to these other gentlemen, I'm going to make a request. Will you be a regular guest on this podcast? I would love to. Please, this has been amazing. This has been so much fun. Yeah, thanks for being here. Hey, I had fun. Thank you guys for for asking me to be a part of this. I at first was really scared. Notice I was going in survival, then I go, okay, like, what am I making up? So it's perfect that uh, I get to be here and discover and put my knower away and be a discoverer. Yeah, thanks for, thanks for your generosity. I mean, I know you are juggling so many things right now and uh, we've got a lot of great things going on but you made this a priority and that was really generous and so thank you for that thanks, guys. thanks everybody okay. thanks,
Well, my friends, now you understand the powerhouse that is Eileen Takini. We're so grateful to her for her generosity and her time to come onto the podcast and share some insights with us. It's always an insightful conversation when Eileen is around. If this podcast has helped you in any way or entertained you, please go to iTunes or wherever you get your podcast. Leave, a, leave us a five-star rating and a glowing review. Also, as usual, the greatest compliment you can give us is sharing this podcast with those who are looking for a different way of leading. Until next week, my friends.